Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I'm Dan Skogan, and I'll be your host for the Ag Innovation News Podcast today. Guests on the Ag Innovation News Podcast shed light on innovations in value-added agriculture. They highlight important voices and work that's being done throughout the state of Minnesota in the ag and food sector and educate the public about resources and organizations that support Minnesota agriculture. Last November, today's guest, Brad Schlusser, was named the new executive director of the Minnesota Agriculture and Rural Leadership Program, known as MARL. Brad joined MARL after serving as the Dean of Agriculture at South Central College in North Mankato and Faribault. Prior to that leadership role, Brad taught post-secondary agriculture for two decades. Brad has been a leader in agricultural education across the state for over 30 years and became a Marl alumnus in Class 11 in June of last year. In addition to his time at South Central College, Brad has served as an agriculture and rural leader in many ways, most notably as a development team member for Greenseam, a leader with the Minnesota Association of Agricultural Educators and a developer and program manager of the National Case Egg Science Curriculum. Brad holds a Master of Science in Animal Science from Montana State University out of Bozeman, Montana, as well as a Bachelor of Science in Agricultural Education from the University of Minnesota, Twin City Campus. Brad Schlusser, welcome to the Egg Innovation News Podcast. Dan, it is a delight to join you today. I am very pleased to share about the Minnesota Ag and Rural Leadership Program with our listeners. Well, let's lay some groundwork for those who aren't real familiar with MARL and the MARL program. Tell us about the program, its goals, and its purposes. I want people to be aware that the MARL program, as it is commonly referred to, MARL, those four letters are representing Minnesota Agriculture and Rural Leadership Program. There are similar programs in many other states across the country, as well as other countries. This program, the MARL program, is dynamic, two-year educational experience that is designed to accomplish the MARL mission. And that mission, which those of us in the class that I was fortunate to participate in, and the current class, number 12, and about 350 other alumni across the state, are really focused on developing the skills of Minnesota's ag and rural leaders so that they can maximize their impact and effectiveness in in the local arena, the statewide array of opportunities, and nationally, as well as in the international arenas. The desire here with the MARL program, Dan, it's all about attracting current leaders and future leaders to provide growth opportunities for those individuals who can bring perspective and ideas, differences to share and and benefit in our state. And I think, Brad, as we move through the interview today, we'll want to break down some of that and dive a little deeper into some of those programs that Marl offers. But one thing I've noticed is that as the Marl classes come and go, they don't ever seem to end. It seems like those alumni stick together, they get together, they continue to communicate with each other, and it is a pretty tight-knit family. That is so true, Dan. The program was developed in 2000, so we've got about a quarter of a century here of history, and those 350 people that have participated, they commonly will say, you know, if they were class number four, class number seven, they'll say best class ever. It's really designed to help with growth and opportunity and 
as the current individual supporting the program and a very good program, desiring to make it even better, each class just gets better and better. And the camaraderie, the networking is a really special attribute of this program. And I'm excited for the opportunity to learn more and to participate in an international group of individuals that do the same types of things I am supporting here in Minnesota, but they're doing it in their respective states or in, in other countries. So I'm really excited for that. And there's a lot of pride for those that have participated in the program and a tremendous amount of respect by organizations, rural leaders, and across the state of Minnesota. Brad, it's a very unique program, I think. And it's interesting that you become the executive director last November. Tell me a little bit about the path to that position your work history, and and what led you to turn tomorrow when the opportunity presented itself? Dan, it is amazing to me when I think back. The graduation for class number 11 took place in June last year of a two-year program. There were 27 of us that spent time together, and Olga Brarkamp had been the previous director for seven and a half years, and Olga did a tremendous job, just simply recognized she was looking at some changes in her life. And so she announced at our graduation that there would be a search underway for seeking a new director. And I remember sitting there and I was reflecting on the rich experience that each one of us had shared with each other. And so many times over the 20-year time period that I actually said, no, I didn't think I could fit it into my schedule. I had been teaching either high school students or teaching college-age students and all focused on agriculture. So when you're teaching, you need to be there for your classes. And this is a pretty significant commitment. And over a two-year time period, a lot of days that one needs to be with your class learning and experiencing the growth. And so I just reflected on that. And I remember leaving the banquet and the graduation ceremony. And I shared with the person who represents Southwest Minnesota State University over in Marshall University. The the foundation director is Nathan Polfleet. And I indicated to him, I said, please keep me posted on the position announcement. And I might have some interest in that. And fortunately, Lord works in mysterious ways. And I reflect on the the reality of myself as as a learner and an individual that really enjoys engaging with others. I've got here in my office FFA jacket that I wore back in the 1970s and early 80s, and that kind of laid a a really strong foundation where a lot of learning by doing, and that experience led me into agricultural education and an entire four decades of preparation for this type of work. And so uh, today, I'm about six months into this new role and a very rich series of daily experiences, connecting with people, explaining what the Morrow program is, and, and being able to do that in a firsthand experience and, and reflect on those that came before me, those that you know I kind of stand on their shoulders, if you will, in terms of really thinking this through and identifying how we can provide a real rich experience for individuals. And I mean, it's a premier program that we have here in Minnesota for those that are engaged in agriculture, those that are involved in rural leadership and know and desire and want to support their communities. Brad, I want to turn us back to Marl itself and some of the programs that are involved in Marl. 
with a program like this, I imagine it, success relies heavily on education and training. But let's talk a little bit about what kinds of topics Marl's programs cover. And maybe more to the point, with so many options related to ag and to leadership, how do you decide which are the best ones to share with the participants? Great question, Dan. And fortunately, a number of decades ago, there was a lot of thought put into this. And it is a joint effort between Southwest Minnesota State University, part of the Min State system, as well as the University of Minnesota Extension. And so I've got a tremendous cohort. Toby Spanier is in an extension leadership community vitality focus. And between the two of us do the primary determination of what regional seminars look like around the state of Minnesota. It does change from class to class, but the primary focus is on, so how does one really become an effective leader? Or if you are effective in your leadership, how do you be more effective And so the topics are shared amongst those that do what we do. And I'm referring to others that are leading in their respective states. I have had the fortunate opportunity to connect with North Dakota and South Dakota leaders in Montana as well. Looking forward to an opportunity for an international seminar in October this year will take place out in Virginia for individuals like myself that are leading in their respective states. And so we share what is important across our communities and give you an example of the the types of seminars that current class is going to be engaging in or has already participated in. Things like emerging markets and innovation, what, what kind of trends are we seeing in agriculture and rural communities, being welcoming in within your community, strengths, of of individuals and strengths of others. There was a significant amount of study on emotional intelligence by my class that we shared as well as the current class and, and others. We talk a lot about rural industry and trade. Many of the individuals that have participated in Marl are actually farmers or involved in agribusiness employment or or maybe ownership entrepreneurs. And so just a a better understanding of the industry and and how we economically operate our businesses, how we can improve. There is a unique opportunity for seminars that are both national level. So there's a planned seminar in December for the current class. We're going to Washington, D.C. and we'll experience what it's like to be in the nation's capital. Additionally, Kind of a highlight of the program is an international experience. And uniquely enough, the Marl program has taken the prior 11 classes to 10 different countries. I believe the first time it was a repeat visit to a country was when class 11 visited. And I can share more about that. We had the opportunity to travel to Ecuador, and that was a a very rich opportunity. So I guess as I kind of summarize the the fact that we do regional seminars, we do a national seminar and an international seminar, really all designed to create a vision for the future. How do you lead change? And then also reflection on the history too. There's an effort to focus on tribal leadership, you know, those that have present here in Minnesota long before any of us arrived or our families. And so a real focus on how do we improve? How do we grow? How do we deal with challenges? And 
what are the appropriate tools to use in living here while enjoying the blessings that we have. I think I'll circle back to that international trip. I think some of our listeners would be very interested in how that works and and why you do that. But through my work with AURI, Brad, I certainly know a number of the Marl graduates and some of the different classes, each very unique, both in their backgrounds and in their professional skills. So how does the executive director or the Marl program determine who should be accepted into the program and how large are these classes? That is a question that I commonly will share with people that are maybe considering moral application process. So so it is an application. We are striving to a minimum of 30 in our future classes. The current class is a little less than that, class 11, that a number of us had opportunity to participate in. That was 27. I think there was some influence with the pandemic and COVID and so on. But in terms of selection, it is designed for individuals that are leaders in their respective communities and a real consideration for bringing value to the class. A person who will apply in the future, and I'll just put it out there and and identify this as an invitation, applications will be accepted as of January 2024 through March. So for that 90-day period, we'll be accepting applications for class number 13. And then the applications that we receive, and I'm I've got a goal of at least 50 apps to select 30 individuals. And, you know, if a person is not selected for the upcoming class, the goal would be that they can grow and be considered for future classes. It's all about providing that opportunity, but real emphasis on growing into a better leader, person who desires to be good at networking and willing to support other people's growth. So you have to have an open mindset as a moral participant, did visit with one of the individuals who has participated in the selection process, Dan, and it was emphasized the series of questions does strive to identify the level of maturity that a person brings to the moral program. A person can't be just focused on oneself. You have to be really really, uh, interested and, and open in what is good for one's community, what is better for the region, what is good for the state, and and even, you know, just a real open perspective on that. So you have to think beyond oneself. I think it's probably important for people to recognize that you need to bring some experience to the program. And so it has been identified that a minimum of three years of professional experience, either as an employee or as a business person, is very important so that the fellow classmates can turn to you and seek benefit in this whole experience. And a very rich one it is. I can attest to that as well as the 300 and some others that participated in the moral program. Brad, I want to talk a little bit about that and some of the benefits that you see the participants getting and how the program works, how you make some decisions about where you have your seminars and your participation pieces. But I do want to remind our listeners that we're talking today with Brad Schlesser. Brad is the Executive Director of the Minnesota Agriculture and Rural Leadership Program. You'll hear us reference MARL often, and that is what the program is called. The acronym MARL is used pretty regular basis for Minnesota Agriculture and Rural Leadership Program. And Brad just became the Executive Director last November. Brad has participated in a class himself, Class 11, which just completed its work in June of last year. 
So Brad, I don't know if you want to go personally or just through conversations with other class members. What's the benefit to the participants? That's a priceless question, Dan. And I would identify the benefits of participating in MARL really are focused on growth. Each person grows a tremendous amount. And in anticipation for uh, sharing with you on this podcast, I actually reached out to a number of my fellow class members and, and asked that question. So what are the benefits? And came through very, very strongly the relationships, the, the building of the network, meeting people, not only within a class, but when you participate in the moral program, you are fortunate to have opportunities from that point forward in your work life career, your professional career of, of networking with people that have participated in Marl. And so I mean, it goes back 23 years. So the connections are really important. Also, it's important to realize that you will stretch yourself. You'll stretch yourself where you are good, and you will also recognize your areas of weakness. And so when we focus on emotional intelligence or, or one's strengths, it pushes you in all of your areas. One individual shared with me that the experience of participating in Marl really has opened doors and it is a highly respected program. It's certainly acknowledged by many across the state of Minnesota, and it doesn't matter if we're in the urban area or in the rural area, very highly respected program. And so there may be times when you and I, as, as uh, private citizens, might have some interest in learning about a certain industry, but maybe that industry is, is uh, not a real open door policy. However, oftentimes, as we participate in the moral program, we take our classes to during during seminars to some really unique places, spaces, and really have the opportunity to see what makes Minnesota work, see where Minnesota struggles, and benefit from that exposure. The additional benefits would be motivation. I and fellow classmates and current class members work on capstone experiences, and in a capstone experience is something that you design as a growing leader. And it really was a highlight during graduation last June when each one of us shared about our capstone experience. And they really do have an impact, a positive one, in our respective communities. And so a very strong benefit. I guess I would sum it up in this manner. One that chooses to participate in Mara or those that have participated certainly recognize and have a greater appreciation and awareness of our state. Minnesota is a healthy place in which to live and work. The viability and favorable environment in which to grow as individuals and raise a family is probably one of the most tremendous attributes of the program. And for those that are engaged in food and agriculture and rural communities, and the vitality of those rural communities, those are some really great benefits of the moral program. Brad, you've mentioned a couple of times that you take your program to a variety of rural and urban communities to do some of your seminars. What kind of criteria do you use to select the communities or programs that you go and visit? The emphasis, again, on the vitality, those communities that have I'm going to just refer to it as maybe the, the special secret sauce or where things are working. That's very interesting and, and attracts people's interest. I would share that fellow classmates and I and other moral 
class members have recognized is no matter where you go, there are issues and challenges that are needing to be given attention. And so we dig deeply and connect with people that are able to tell the story. And so that's some of the criteria that we look at. So unique programming in a special region. Give an example. Here in latter part of the month, the current class is going to be going to Duluth. And one of our class members is is actually employed at the Duluth Seaway Port Authority. And so we're going to be getting on a boat and going out into Lake Superior and then turning around and, and looking back at the port and getting a better understanding of how the Duluth area, the Arrowhead region in Minnesota, how has it been affected by mining and, and the timber industry? And so it gives you a, a little bit of a flavor of how do we go about uh, determining where to host our seminars and what to be focusing on. And then when it comes right down to actually delivering on these, Dan, I don't have a whole lot of experience with this yet. Four seminars in six months. Sometimes it just simply depends on the weather. Uh, we had to shift and go to a virtual hybrid model. We were uh, scheduled to be at a location in Minnesota and you know there were 18 inches of snow predicted. And so we thought it was probably safest to do it in that manner. And as most of us have recognized over the past couple of years, we're blessed with the technology to do that. Weather is part of it. I would also share that every class has had the opportunity to uh, go to St. Paul, visit the Capitol, uh, interact with our representatives. And here's a bragging opportunity. We actually have two moral alumni that serve in the Minnesota House of Representatives. And that's a, a real great opportunity. We were there this past March with the current class and Representative Paul Torkelson and Representative Nathan Nelson, past moral alumni, currently serving in the House. Uh, they shared with us and you know just reflected on how the experience benefited them and what leadership is like and, and gave us an inside view of what's happening at the Capitol at that current time. Lastly, Dan, I'd like to identify that industry partners. So the Morrow program is a significant amount of investment for a person in terms of their time and in terms of financial resources. And what a person pays to participate really covers about a third of the cost. And so one of my roles is to seek sponsorship and identify the value in developing leaders. And in Minnesota, a significant amount of investment takes place too in that maintaining the program and growing and improving the program. So sometimes our sponsors or organization businesses have also identified how we go about where we go and extend invitations for really strong seminars within the state of Minnesota. I was going to ask you about costs, Brad, just because I see a lot of travel around the state. I see a trip to Washington, D.C. I see an international trip. And this does take not only time for the participants, but it does take resources. It's not really fair to ask if it's expensive. That's a relative term, depending on what you're getting out of the program. How costly is it? Dan, at the present time, it is per individual that is accepted into the program and chooses to participate. It's $6,000 investment over the two-year period. So current class, the first year was a $2,500 investment. And the second part of the year, which includes the international travel, that's $3,500. So try to balance it out and have conversations with people in terms of how they can meet that cash flow demand. I would identify what a person receives from that cost. Uh, the return on that investment is airfare, uh, lodging, all meals. Uh, really, once you are accepted into the program and the regional seminars, an individual class member is responsible for their 
personal travel to the site. But you know, if we need to line up a bus for transportation, and we certainly will in Washington, D.C., we'll do that also in our international location. That's all covered by the program. And as a graduate of the program, and now with a deeper view and understanding of things, I've always been a, a lifelong learner and a proponent of that. I see some really tremendous return on this investment. Thanks for asking. Glad to share that. I anticipate we're going to be remaining at that same level going forward with class number 13. And follow up, I guess, on the sponsorship that you get from industry. If someone's listening today that would like to participate in Morrow from that point of view, how do they get in touch with you or how do they participate as a sponsor of Morrow? I have probably had two dozen plus visits with individuals that have resources specifically for their organizations or their businesses. Some individuals, you know, just as private citizens are recognizing the impact that it does have. And so personal contact with myself and my contact information is on the Marl website and that's moralprogram.org. And I could be reached at Southwest Minnesota State University, where I'm an employee of the university. But probably best is to check on the website. I do send out a number of communications to moral alumni and sponsors, attend many expos, ag-related organizations, trade shows, those kind of things. So, you know, a personal visit or a phone call uh, works as well. And so a lot of different ways in which to connect and share the story about the Morrow program and ask questions about it so we can do this in an informed and supportive manner. Before we move away from traveling, I'd like you to comment a little bit on the international trip, how you pick a site, a country, and what's the role of that trip for the participants? Well, in terms of selection, we probably all realize the influence the pandemic has had on our lives, and maybe it it has um, lessened a little bit, but we really do need to think about the safety and health of our class as we go, and also the in-country experience. And so we take a look at those kind of things, and in terms of the role of the international trip, why is it a component of the moral experience? We want people to get out of their comfort zone, create struggle, if you will, which typically that allows an individual to grow. It's very important to be culturally aware. And when we take somebody from Minnesota and we put them in South America, and I'm speaking from the experience that our class had, we went to Ecuador. And I don't mean to sound naive, but I guess I kind of was. I mean, we were actually standing on the equator. And the day and the night were the exact same number of hours. I mean, it was 12 hours of darkness, 12 hours of light, and, and it, the seasons don't change. And I didn't recognize that living here in, in Minnesota, but you go to Ecuador and that's the way it was. And so just to be culturally aware and to interact with people, see yourself as different. And then I think at the same time, you can recognize that, hey, we're all the, the same. I mean, each one of us as human beings desire to be happy and to support each other. And that's why our creator put us here. And so the international experience additionally allows us to discover how fortunate we are to live where we do, how to do business, how to farm. Each moral class in their visit to an international location discover, I think, a, a greater appreciation and awareness kind of interesting to have to exchange currency if you're in a country which uh, you know, the U.S. dollar is, is not accepted. That's a little uh, lesson in itself. And a, a couple other reflections from our class, 
you know, that we can't produce everything that we need here in Minnesota. One example would be pineapples. We stood in a 500 acre field of pineapples that, I mean, it was the juiciest, most flavorful, the tastiest type of pineapple that I've ever had and probably will ever have, but makes you really recognize different parts of the world in different growing regions and zones and so on. That really influences what attributes that country has and what they have the capability of producing. We went to a location where they were producing avocados and we had the opportunity to see vanilla farm. And I've not yet, and I don't think it probably will see those kind of experiences here at home. So, you know, it just gives you a, a broader understanding and you see differences, more appreciation for global awareness and resources. Ultimately, I guess my, my summary statement on this question in terms of the role of the international moral experience is you take less things in life for granted after you travel to a different country and spend 10 days is is uh, most typical as I've looked at the history and as I participated and now looking forward. There's a short list of half a dozen countries that we're considering selection for the Marl Class 12 to visit next February is what we're on schedule for. It's a rich one. It's, a, it's an awesome experience. Sounds like it really would be. And we're going to, again, get that webpage out there so that people who are interested in applying next year for the Class 13 can find a way to get involved if they want to. Brad, we are getting near the end of our time together. I did want to ask you about the impact of the MARL program. We talked about the impact to the participants and what your mission was to hopefully they would take away from the program. But how about Minnesota or the ag ecosystem in general? How does the state of Minnesota benefit from a program like MARL? Stronger leadership is really centric focus of the, the program. And as I have had the opportunity to participate, one example would be Senator Amy Klobuchar had the opportunity to bring fellow committee member to Minnesota, and they were talking about the U.S. Farm Bill. And the invitation was extended for people to listen and to share their thoughts on that. I'm guessing there were about 100 people in the room. and. I was delighted and just really pleased with what I heard. There were about 12 of those hundred that I knew had been participants in the moral program and just the manner in which they brought forth issues, expressed appreciation for what has been done and serving as a resource. Those are some wrong benefits of the program. I have already identified capstone projects that moral class members design themselves, they, they take a look at you know what's happening in their communities and they come up with this project in the second year of their participation and it has a positive role in their communities. And visiting with a recent moral alumni member, she shared with me how she continues with that capstone project and it's having an impact within their community. And so tremendous number of values, benefits, the moral program focuses on demographic information here in the state of Minnesota. And so as you participate in the program, you're better informed, you can act in a more responsible manner and fill in the gaps. And kind of circle back to what many people have identified is improve leadership, improve skills and qualities, and then connections. It really is important that we are connected with each other. We can help each other out in times of need and when things are going well to learn from those experiences. Significant number of benefits from the Minnesota Ag and Rural Leadership Program, Dan. 
Great program, Brad. And what have I failed to ask you that the executive director would like to tell people about? What do you want to leave them with today about the Morrow program? It is a very positive experience, very growth-oriented experience. And as a participant in the program, I can speak with awareness and having lived through it and just celebrate the networks that I have expanded on. And from a long commitment to agriculture and living in rural Minnesota, delight to meet significant number of individuals that have a passion for agriculture and are focused on rural Minnesota. And it's a program that's going to reap some tremendous benefits and continue to influence people's lives in a very positive way. Certainly would like to extend the invitation to individuals that are interested in nominating someone or identifying that they have interest. Use that moralprogram.org website to connect with me and learn more about it and would welcome increased awareness about the Moral Program. Thank you to you, Dan, for assisting with this and to AURI in supporting agriculture in the state of Minnesota and extending an invitation for Moral to participate today. And they can get that information at moralprogram.org? That is correct, Dan. Brad, thank you for your time today, and best of luck to the Morrow Program. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for what your team does, and pleased to be able to support the state of Minnesota in this manner. We've been visiting with Brad Schlusser. He is the newly named Executive Director of the Minnesota Agriculture and Rural Leadership Program, also known as Morrow. Thanks for joining us today, and thank you for listening to the Ag Innovation News Podcast, presented by the Agricultural Utilization Research Institute of Minnesota. I want to thank Lisa Martinez, AURI Communications Coordinator and Editor of this production. To learn more about AURI, go to auri.org.